Hello everyone, my name is Illumide. And my name is Christy. And welcome to the Big Empty Purse podcast. Est-ce que tu aimes le sexe? Le sexe, je veux dire, les activités physiques, les coïtes, tu aimes ça? So, Christy, what have you been up to since the last episode? I went to a weird pride gathering in D.C. So typically there's a pride parade, but we're still in the tail end of a Panasonic. So there was only (laughs) the only parade was a vehicle parade. But then they had a little like area blocked off for like an in-person thing. But it was stationary and sort of sparse. And weird. <laughs> it was just people like a standing vehicle around. Parade? Yeah, a vehicle parade. Yeah. Let's just back up to that. Like what that's not a what are we in the rural Midwest? That's just like a vehicle. That's just traffic. A vehicle a traffic. <laughs> that's just traffic. <laughs> it's just traffic. What the fuck is a vehicle it's parade? just rainbow traffic. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so I was not participating in the vehicle parade, but then they said there's like a, they called it a block party. They were like, there was like a little live music thing. Oh, those are usually fun. Yeah. I don't know if we were there too early, too late, if it was always this awkward, but it was just like very sparse. And there were like 10 people having a really good time and like a bunch of people just standing around in rainbow things. And a lot of skateboarders? I thought that was a straight thing. There were so many skateboarders. What? What? Are they skateboards or longboards? They're actually skateboards. Skateboards. Okay, first of all, longboards can sometimes be a gay thing. That's why I asked. But you're right. (laughs) Skateboards are actually for straight people. So, okay. Well, I love that for them. I really do. The people who plan the the pride parades and stuff, I think they're actually like just struggling to do the most or the least, however way you want to slice it, just so they can say that they at least did, they at least did something. They're like, yeah, let's just have a a vehicle parade or whatever it was. <laughs> it probably would have been fine, honestly, if it were a parade. Like that same group of people, if you gave them something to do and just like made them walk around, it probably would have been not awkward. But everyone was just sort of standing there. <laughs> Also, on account of like, I feel like block parties are usually fun if there's good music, but I don't know if they planned it in such a way that there was good music. Because if the music is dead, then like, it's not a, yeah. it's not a block party. <laughs> it's just yeah. people loitering. DC tried. We give them E for effort. One day, one day I'll get to go to a pride parade. I, every year I try and go and something happens. And of course, the past two years, there's been a pandemic Lovato. I've planned like three separate trips to go to pride parades and every time something happens. Wow. But yeah, no, on that topic, I actually, I think I've been to maybe three pride parades. I went to one in Philly. I went to one in Baltimore. And I think I might have been to, no, I've only been to two. That's it. That's it. Hmm. It's never a good time for me because I I don't like crowds. I don't like crowds. Yeah. And I'm usually sober when I arrive. (laughs) And that right there is just, it's usually 
blistering hot. So yeah. now I've just decided if I am ever going to do any Pride Parade, which because on account of we're reaching the end of this panoramic and I hope we do very quickly, I will just not be sober before I like I will not be sober by the time I arrive. Yeah. And hopefully that'll take a little bit of the. Yeah, I think that's the move. Yeah. I said we were not sober when we arrived at this block party. <laughs> it didn't help. <laughs> 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 Didn't make a difference. <laughs> no. Oh god. Uh, I knocked the microphone off. Both times that I've been to the Pride Parades, I have been wearing almost nothing, which is my modus operandi on account of I refuse to be in 95 degree weather with clothes on. That's just not the move. I keep trying to go to New York Pride because that's the one I really want to go to. Although I'm sure, like, talk about crowds, that's probably the worst of them all. But yeah, like one we had right. like our our rabbit had a medical emergency and the other time like the person who was supposed to host us got food poisoning and there's like all, all of these things keep happening. Oh, that's some uh, shit. I'm just like no. cursed. I really I really want to go to a pride parade. You know the one I want to go to that I think would be like par for the course in terms of being naked? Like some <laughs> some city in Florida, maybe Miami Pride. Because you already know that they're not, <laughs> these oh people God. don't wear any clothes and yeah. it's going to be hot anyway. And I, I, oh I feel like that's the pride that I should be going to. I bet Miami Pride is lit. <laughs> I would love to go. I would love to go at some point. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Miami Pride. That will be fun. So I also watched a movie. It's called The Ballad of Buster. Buster Scruggs. It's a 2018 movie. It's like a Western, but it's not, it's an anthology. So it's like six related short films. And I should have, I should like this movie. I don't know why I don't like this movie, but I did, I didn't like it. So it's directed by the Coen brothers, who I'm a big fan. What? Really like the Coen brothers. Yeah. They did like Fargo, uh -huh. Burn After Reading, Big Lebowski, Oh Brother Where Art Thou, No Country for Old Men, like bunch of really great movies. The acting was really good. Liam Neeson, James Franco, Brendan Gleeson, like even the actors I didn't know, like they did a good job acting. It was very good, like dark, like dark humor in some parts and actually some serious parts. All the elements were there, but for some reason, just nothing about this movie grabbed me. Like it wasn't like I wasn't enjoying it, but if I had wow. turned it off and walked away, like I would not have, I probably would not have come back to finish it. <laughs> oh, that's disappointing to hear. Yeah. I mean, I know how people go crazy for James. James Franco, yeah. but I couldn't tell you a single thing he's done that I love. I don't, hmm. to me, I'm just like, but why though? Like, oh. <laughs> every, his name is so popular, everybody loves him. I know he did, I think yeah. he did the movie The Room. Remember that stupid movie when we were in undergrad that they did a showing oh, of? Yeah. You're tearing me apart, Lisa. I thought that was him, wasn't he? So, The Room was a movie that was made way back, and he was in the movie The Disaster Artist, which was a movie about the making of The Room. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, that's where I got mixed up. Oh, I see, I see. But shout out to James Franco. I don't particularly like him or have any... I'm like ambivalent. I don't know what he's done. That's People do say that he is... Yeah. Apparently, he's supposed to be canceled on account of he's a little problematic, but I don't even know what his problematic... Anyway, this is not the episode about James Franco, so let's just leave that alone. Maybe that'll be our topic this week. <laughs> James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> episode 25, James Franco. <laughs> no, you just made such a point, though. Like, I, I feel like I like James Franco, but now that you're saying it, I'm like, I can't think of what has he done? Why do I like James Franco? I, I can't he... tell you. What is... <laughs> 
But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I wish, you know what? <laughs> After this, I'll probably go look up all the stuff he's done just to see, like, why his name is so popular. However, <laughs> Liam Neeson, I love. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson has perfected that vengeful character that he plays in almost every movie. Almost every movie. And he does a really, really, really good job at it. At this point, whenever there's a vengeful character and they cast somebody else, I'm like, why? Why did you do that? Just call Liam Neeson. Just call him. <laughs> you know he's going to deliver what we want. I thought the ba- I've heard of this movie before, right? And I just thought that it was a full feature, two-hour movie, same plot. But now you're telling me it's like an anthology. So I just looked up all the other names of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is just the first one. Yes. So, yeah. like, couldn't they have called the compilation of all of them something else? Why did they only call it the name of the first one? I don't know. These are the questions. <laughs> because, uh, spoiler no, alert, Buster Scruggs dies, like, 15 minutes into the movie. <laughs> and that's how the first one ends. <laughs> <laughs> was this movie a Netflix feature? It was. This was a Netflix movie. Oh, and this is where um, the, uh, the James Franco meme... Where he's like tied in a noose, like <laughs> going to be hung and like smiling and saying first time comes from this movie. <laughs> I've seen that meme. Anyway, back yep. to the ballad of Buster Scruggs. <laughs> back to something less depressing. <laughs> well, I don't know. The movie was actually pretty depressing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, like. In a Coen Brothers type of way, where it's like you're laughing even though you're like, oh god, (laughs) that's pretty fucked up. The Big Lebowski, I think, just got put on Netflix. It did. And I need to go see it again. I need to go see it again because I really like that movie. You know, I feel like the the energy in The Big Lebowski is very similar to the energy in The Royal Tenenbaums, from what I remember. Mm And I really like The Royal Tenenbaums. It's this, like, it's this deadpan acting where like nothing makes sense but everybody's going with it and it's <laughs> fucking hilarious but um the, oh, the, the the big lebowski kind of gives me that kind of energy also for those of you who don't have the range i know you know this but <laughs> the big lebowski has the phrase for the phrase that was dubbed in french and used in beyonce's partition on her self-titled album you know this or do you know this i don't think so no and or maybe i know and i'm just Oh, the est-ce que tu aimes le sexe? Le sexe, je veux dire les activités physiques, les coïtes. Tu aimes ça? Tu ne s'intéresses pas au sexe. Les hommes pensent que les féministes détestent le sexe, mais c'est une activité très stimulante et naturelle que les femmes adorent. You know this? <laughs> I know that line from the Beyoncé song. I didn't know it was from this movie. It, it's from the Big Lebowski because in the Big Lebowski, the lady goes up to, "Do you like sex? Do you like sex, Miss Lebowski?" sex and then she goes on this the, the rant where she says um men think women detest sex be, but it, in actuality it's a stimulating activity but, and then she goes that mm-hmm. was dubbed in french and beyonce used that as a sample for partition yeah. <laughs> which i don't know see this is the thing that i'm saying i always find it really interesting that if you say something in english that's copyrighted and yes it is copyrighted i know it sounds wrong some people say copywritten it's a right. It's not like a handwriting or whatever. Anyway, mm-hmm. so 
if it's copyrighted in the language that you wrote it in and I dub it in another language and I use it, do I still have to pay you royalties or am I infringing on your copyright? Because <laughs> Beyonce could have just left the English version in and paid for the rights for that. Maybe she, this is the thing, maybe also after she yeah. dubbed it in French, maybe she still had to pay for the rights. Who knows? Anyway, I think that's interesting. But that whole speech from Partition is from The Big Lebowski. I had no idea. Now you all know. Shout out to Beyonce. By the way, that song still slaps. Every time I hear that song come on, it's... First of all, the song doesn't even come on any place except my own fucking playlist. Yeah. But <laughs> when it eventually does come... It's so sad to think that all those bops don't make it on the radio. First of all, I don't think that bop ever made it on the radio. I don't think Beyonce's last three albums have given us long-standing radio hits. But there has been good content there, nonetheless. What have I been up to? I actually have been very productive this week. I like for the first time in like weeks, first time in weeks, I feel like I'm on top of my shit. I feel like I've organized everything. I feel like I have an exact schedule for when I'm doing things. I'm sticking to it. And I feel like I've finally gotten to the place where hopefully I can maintain this for at least three weeks because, you know, it's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart soon, <laughs> but I want to maintain this for three weeks. And you know how I know? when i when i'm having my shit together is when i actually start cooking at home as opposed to just ordering takeout or ordering catering like i actually have enough time planned that i'm like at this time i'm going to cook this thing i'm like wow i'm doing great and i've like cooked <laughs> three times now so i'm like wow yes. i know look at me go but i am really upset though that because it's getting really hot i've actually had to turn on the air conditioner and first of all i love having the air conditioner on what i do not love is bge prices mm. heating and cooling costs so much money in baltimore actually it costs the most of any place but the baltimore mm. pricing wow bge people if you're listening to this podcast do a brother a favor and reduce these rates because <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. I turn on the air conditioner and the month, whatever month of the year that I turn it on, my bill goes up to like 2.5, what it was the month before I turned it on. It just oh. shoots up. It shoots oh. up. And I'm, every time I turn it on, I'm like, oh, I anticipate this to shoot up at least, at least 2.5. And I'm like, fuck. However, I'm not going to die of a heat stroke. So I'm just going to turn it on and pay the bill. God help us. But this week, I went back and I watched that, um, is it called a stop animation? I think it's called stop animation. That's what it is, right? Is that the term? It's stop motion? Stop motion. Yeah, stop motion. It's stop motion? Okay, so it's stop motion. Yeah. It's like what looks like claymation, right? And I went back yeah. and I watched Kubo and the Two Strings, and it was just as good as I remember it the first time. It, it's, I'm actually, every time I see a stop motion that's done very well, I am blown away. Blown away. Because, first of all, the plot and the story storytelling is a plus 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 and you know what i always find difficult i have so many gripes with any kind of animated movie because two things are the issue usually because if they're trying to animate it either the artist has to draw it and then like i said previously they won't draw the background well they'll like ignore the background which is even harder in stop motion because now you actually can't just draw it on a 2d page you actually have to physically make the thing in the background they did not let anything slide through the cracks they made every single thing like even the hair moved like it was supposed to move i mean the hair kind of looked like noodles i won't lie but yeah. like for <laughs> stop motion that's that's really good that's actually really good mm -hmm. and the other thing is when they hire voice actors for these projects they usually hire inexperienced voice actors 
which I think is a problem because the inexperienced voice actors, they don't know how to change the inflection and the intonation of their voices to give what the character is supposed to give. They just read it kind of off. And this movie, they hired some real heavy hitters to read. So I know Kubo's mom is played by Charlize Theron. And I think they had a child actor who actually read very well. His name is Art something or the other. I was I, I was looking this up as I was watching it and I was so impressed. The kid who plays Kubo, his name is Art Parkinson. And if I recall correctly, he's not even American. I think he might be Irish. I don't know. And he read in an American accent. So I don't know if he just happens to be Irish-American and they just call him Irish. But I, I would even be more impressed if he were Irish and he learned the American accent for this role because it was pretty good. For as a kid actor, switching an accent and getting every single intonation in the new accent right. What? Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really good. They hired Matthew McConaughey, which <laughs> I, I I think Matthew McConaughey is actually underrated. As popular as he is, I'm like, no, this man has some serious range. He has some serious range. Shout out to Matthew McConaughey. And um, Char- like I said, Charlize Theron, Rooney Mara, and Ralph Fiennes, Voldemort. Wow. They had Ralph Fiennes in here. I was like, they they did not let anything slide through the cracks. So I feel like... This movie needs more attention. I think it might have been a box office flop. And by flop, I mean it probably didn't make as much money as they wanted it to. But I'm sure it did make some money, hopefully. Let's look at the... I've actually never even heard of it. Ah, that's that's a shame. Look, yeah. if you like animation or any stuff... Like, even if you don't like it, the storytelling in here is actually pretty good. I would recommend this. I'm actually kind of freaked out by stop-motion animation. It's... I don't know. Something really? about it sort of weirds me out. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I won't watch it. Oh, it's like a... it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think this one is done very well. So I would. Look, oh, I, I I'm sure it is. It. This is a weird personal hang up. This has nothing to do with the quality of art. <laughs> yeah. So it did flop. It actually did flop. It had, it cost $173 million to make. And it, and it only, look at me talking as if I have like 173 million. It only made 151 million. So it lost almost, actually it lost probably more than 20 million. Yeah, that sucks. That sucks. Considering the fact that this is a really good movie, it should not have flopped. I don't know what marketing they did or they didn't do. So that was really good. I enjoyed watching that again. The other animated movie that I did not see this week, but I would also recommend, but this is not stop motion. This is just regular animation. Is this movie called Klaus? And I know you might have heard about it. It's like, it's like supposed to be the, I I don't want to say origin story of Santa Claus. But it kind of is. They kind of made it like an origin story of Santa Claus. And I actually, first of all, when I heard they were going to do an origin story of Santa Claus, I'm like, all right, all fucking right. Here we go. But they actually did a pretty good job. They like the story kind of made sense because I was in my head. I was thinking, okay, how are they going to make an origin story of something that if you're a kid listening to this podcast, turn it off right now, because obviously everybody knows First of all, Santa Claus isn't real. And it's probably, <laughs> as far as I understand, it's based off of the myth of, not myth, the legend of Krampus, right? But mm-hmm. if we know that, 
how would they then go back and try to make an origin story about Santa Claus just being a benevolent person? And why is he benevolent? On what account? Like, what backstory are they going to give him? Is it going to be some sappy? But yeah, it was actually pretty good. Like, they, they, they walk you through how, like, the postal service worked to get the gifts to the children and stuff like that. And who actually, the main character is the one who, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I'm talking about Klaus, the movie, the animated movie. The main character kind of like is a selfish person who is the son of a post office magnate and his father put him in charge of this post station that isn't doing so hot and his father's like if you turn this around in a year or he says i'll cut you off if you don't do this right or something like you're being a lazy person you're not doing much for the family business anyway so he actually devises this whole plan for people to start mailing stuff to everybody and the way he Mm. did it was like he tricked kids and says well if you are kind enough and this town is like a town where everybody hates each other they fight and like he just tricks everybody into being nice to each other and start mailing each other gifts so his post office is booming and everybody's like a nice it's like the feel good overall overall but the systematic way that they constructed the story so it actually makes sense was very done very well so yeah another anime which is why now i'm like maybe i should just start watching animated movies because for some reason i feel like for you to go through the trouble of making an animated movie you actually have to make sure that your plot is rock solid first you can't just rely on humans to emote you actually have to get the plot to be absolutely really good. So maybe I'll just go ahead and watch a lot more animated movies. And hopefully I won't be disappointed. Yeah. But anyway, that's that on that. So I suppose on this week's episode, we're just going to call it... Pride shenanigans. That works. Pride shenanigans. I don't know the official reason why we have pride, to be honest. As a queer person, I'm a little bit... um. But what I enjoy Pride for is simply for, I know that there, especially for people who live in rural places or faraway places where they don't have a queer support system, the representation of knowing that, oh, this city has a Pride or seeing the Pride on TV or stuff like that or Pride events and stuff like that, even if they can't physically go, I think it's comforting to know that, yeah, there is a tribe. So if they're maybe 12 years old and they live in their parents' house in the middle of Mississippi or that's not a I'm not roasting Mississippi. I'm just saying some faraway place that maybe is not as (laughs) queer friendly. And obviously they can't they can't leave the house yet. They can't fend for themselves. They're only 12. But it kind of it gives them like a. A hope of, oh, maybe in the next six years when I'm 18 or whatever and I finally go to college, if I go to college in these places, I may be able to find people who are like me, my tribe or something. It gives them something to look forward to knowing that, yes, my tribe does exist out there and I can find them. But if we didn't have pride and everybody was just gay in their little corner or whatever, queer, lesbian, <laughs> trans, whatever it is, gay if they were corner. just queer in whatever corner they're in, yeah, <laughs> then those kids who need to see that may never see that and then they're just all sorts of miserable not like living in a place like that is not already miserable but you get the point get the point which is why i support all pride things even though i hate pride look i'm i hate the crowds at pride i'm not the person who shows up i hate it i know why it's in june it's in june because of the stonewall riots the stonewall riots right june so Pride Parade started the like on the one year anniversary of Stonewall. Have you seen that video where Derek Barry? You know where I'm going with this. You know exactly where I'm yes. going with this. <laughs> <I was about laughs> <to say that. laughs> Continue. 
exactly where I'm going with this. Derek Barry was out here. By the way, for those of you who don't know, Derek Barry is a drag queen. He impersonates, or I don't know what they impersonate. I don't know their gender. But anyway, Derek Barry impersonates Britney Spears. And Derek Barry was talking to Willem. Or actually, there was like a drag queen panel and they had Tamar Braxton on there. And, you know, Derek was saying, you know, the kids don't appreciate how, like, things went down in Stonewall and these people died for our rights and yeah, 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 yeah. And Tamar was like, oh, yeah, so tell us about Stonewall. And, yeah, Derek Reader is like, yeah, they died for our rights. And Willem was like, uh, nobody died at Stonewall. <laughs> Derek was like, uh, nobody dies at Stonewall. <laughs> But yeah, no, Stonewall, um, nobody died at Stonewall. Stonewall, I think, in the 60s was, uh, it was a gay bar that refused to, like, serve trans people or some kind of shenanigans like that. I think. I thought it was, like, a a place where trans people, like, frequented. They, They would serve white gay men, but they were biased against trans women. And when trans women would come, it would be like, oh, hoopla. And then I think what it was is the Stonewall owners or whatever, the gay white people there, would call the police on the trans people. And then the whole place would go up in all sorts of, or maybe some kind of shenanigans. But I know that it was, um, everybody, even Wikipedia, the first paragraph of Wikipedia is reporting it as like a gay movement. No, it was, it was a trans thing, actually. And the early resistance and riots part of the Wikipedia page says, on the outer fringes of a few small gay communities were people who challenged gender expectations. They were effeminate men and masculine women, or people who dressed and lived in contrast to their gender assigned at birth. Uh, Contemporaneous nomenclature classified them as transvestites, and they were the most visible representatives of sexual minorities. They believed the careful crafted image portrayed by the Madachine. Madachine, I don't even know what that means, but too many big words here. Madachine Society and DOB that asserted homosexuals were respectable, normal people. The Madachine and DOB considered the trials of being arrested for wearing clothing of the opposite gender as a parallel to the struggles of homophile organizations, similar but distinctly separate. So it was the gay people who did not like the trans people. That was like <laughs> the issue. And the trans people who were like, absolutely not, you're going to serve us. And of course, the police arrived. There was like a whole big show out. People like, hoolering and hobbling and they just stayed dry it's like every day since then shout out to all the trans people because at the forefront of every human rights type of movement they've been right in the very front mm-hmm. and they're the ones who have i guess it makes sense that they're always in the front because they're the ones who have the least they have they have the least protections of anybody especially like if you like yeah. one can be a twofer but one can be like a fifer and like, you know, you could be an immigrant, you can be black, you could be trans and you like a trans woman at that because like yeah. there's there's nothing more at risk. There is nothing more at risk. Yes. And these people just show out every single time and fight for everybody else's rights. And then we just it's crazy how we treat them so poorly. Yeah, yeah. Martha P. Johnson was born in 1945 and she died in 1992. So that was what Stonewall was about. And on the anniversary of the riots at Stonewall, we have Pride. We should talk about how corporations... <laughs> oh, my God. Every Pride Month. Yes. Just, you know, yes. show up and show out. Yeah. Every Pride Month, so every the- single corporation, <laughs> they just throw a rainbow banner at their shit. And they're like, we support Pride. Come buy our shit. Yeah. That's it. Every year. And I'm sick of it. I'm every sick time. of it. Oh my Everybody, god, it's yeah. awful. All of the all the rainbow logos. 
<laughs> TikTok has been wild. I love TikToks. <laughs> like everyone's like companies during Pride. And they're like, hello, rainbow friends. You can get 20% <laughs> off if you bring your partner into our furniture store. <laughs> like <laughs> TikTok has just been... <laughs> You know what oh I do love though? I saw this the other day and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the store and if I can get as much of it as possible, I will just stock the house with it. Skittles is petty as fuck. Skittles is very petty. And I like whoever is running their marketing campaign right now deserves a raise. Skittles is releasing monotone Skittles for Pride Month. <laughs> Only one color. Either white or black. I think it's white. They're like they're just like eleven out of twelve months of the year you get the rainbow from us. This month you're getting one color. What actually you know it's white is not even a color. Is white a color? I think white and black are not colors. They're like shades or something. Anyway, they're like no color. <laughs> no color. No fucking color. And I love it. I love it so much. I love that. TikTok also ruined the like lgbt somebody like their mom like misunderstood that it was an acronym and not a word and called it lgbities like nah. lgbt <laughs> lgbties so now every time i look at it i think of that lgbties 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 i love it i really 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 love it you know the other thing that like as far as I know, the standard that everybody, not just the LGBT, because, you know, there's LGBTQIA. And the A over there, a lot of straight people think that means allies. And I'm like, I love that straight people are allies. Don't get me wrong. I actually, actually, you know what? I'm not giving them any praise for being allies because it's the very minimum they can do on account of, like, just being a decent person, like... <laughs> I shouldn't clap for yeah. you for being a decent fucking person. But anyway, mm -hmm. but they're like, oh, I'm part of the queer community because I'm an ally. I'm like, no, bitch, no, bitch. You are an ally. You're not part of the community. And the A in there means asexual. Doesn't yeah. mean ally. It, it, it actually doesn't fucking mean ally. So um, <laughs> no, you straight people just chill the fuck out. Because the thing is like, you have no idea how many times. So in college, one of my good friends was like the, what do you call the president of the whatever? Is it called the LGBT club? Whatever it is, LGBT, whatever. I never went to those because I got so sick of their shit. I got so sick of their shit. They were, un I'm gonna get canceled for saying this, but like I thought they were unnecessarily gay. And by unnecessarily gay, I meant like they were doing way too much. <laughs> way too much gay this gay that gay this gay that i'm like how about the rest of the community the lesbian this the trans this like why are you guys just so this is just the gay club it's not oh. the everything club now at this point they were just overly gay this is a hot take and i'm going to leave this in the podcast there are some of us in the queer community who have more rights than others of us in the queer community that's just fact as a gay cisgendered black man i'm probably more protected than a trans woman that's just that on that like that just is what it is and for whatever reason right i think the whole queer community and the allies as uh, at large we need to put our efforts to get the rights for the people who have the least of it so say for instance if i see people who are bi right and you know by yeah by inclusivity we love them we love <laughs> we love them but so being <laughs> bi if you are bisexual and you mostly participate in opposite sex relationships i better not catch you on your ass during pride month you need to get the fuck off your ass and go support the gay people 
because mm-hmm. your heterosexual relationship is protected. You don't need protection as yeah. a bi person for your heterosexual relationship. But get what you know. You see what I'm seeing here? Like a lot of people yes. who can, you know, pansexuals, whatever. Everybody who can kind of like, depending on the relationship that they're in and the protection that they have for that relationship, they can kind of take a a backseat during Pride Month because like their current relationship status is not directly under attack. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you are going to be part of this community, you need to join. So if we have a fucking uh, a trans rally rights or whatever, and we're all like behind the cause, you as a gay man needs to get up off your ass and support. You as a lesbian <laughs> need to get up off your ass and support. And if you are asexual, I don't give a fuck. You get out there and you work. <laughs> this is how I feel so strongly about this. Because yeah. I'm so upset at a lot of the bisexual people in the black community. They will be like down low bisexual. And then during Pride Month, they will just be nowhere to be found. I'm like, uh-uh. No, 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 no. You need to be out here. You really need to be out here. Or yeah. like the bi people who are like mostly straight, but a little bit gay. I'm like, fuck you. You still need to show up and fight for everybody else. You selfish little piece of shit. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree. Like as a as a pansexual person who is a cis woman in a relationship with a cis man. So like from all appearances, like a heterosexual relationship, like that puts me in a position of privilege, which means that I have more space to like be loud and be out there and like advocate for things right. and not and be a little more protected so like I have to like I have to use that like <laughs> that's that's like how you be an ally is like you use your privilege to like fight for things like <laughs> That's, that's, and it's like, it's a funny space to be like, I mean, I I think about this with feminism too. And just like all of intersectionality is like, you have privilege in some areas and you are like, feel oppression in other areas, but like, you have to like, figure out how to balance all of that and like, show up for people. Like as a white woman in feminism, like it's, it's an interesting space to be in. Cause like, as like a white woman in a feminist space, like I don't want to like talk over people who have more like intersectional experiences or who haven't been more included in feminism. But I also know that like, I can, I don't want to say get away with more, but like I can, I have more, I'm in a more privileged position so I can be louder with activism without as much fear of consequences. So I have like, I have to use that. Like, that's the whole point of like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm yeah. making any sense. I just no, like, no, no. You are, you are. I feel that- yeah, you're saying that. <laughs> it, it like I think that's the consensus, right? If you have more yeah. privilege, and the the group that you belong to, there are members of that group who have less privilege than you. It is kind of your responsibility to use your privilege mm-hmm. to get the other people in that group some rights that they don't have that you may already enjoy. This is also, I always see this all the time, right? Trans people will get on Grinder, right? And the gays on Grinder will say, no trans, I don't like you. I'm like, where do you want them to go? We're all queer here. Like, yes, of course, Grinder is mostly predominantly gay, but where are the trans people supposed to fucking go? Where? Yeah. I mean, I do think that, I, look, I believe trans people should get on Grinder. they should get on Tinder, they should get on Bumble, they should get on, get on everything because you are a human being and you are deserving of love. But anyway, the people on there are so hostile. I'm like, I don't even think people on Tinder are, straight people on Tinder are not as hostile as the gay people on Grindr. I'm like, why? If that's not your cup of tea, if you are, uh, 
approached, solicited, politely declined. You don't have to be a nasty yeah. person putting this epistle on your page about what you. Why? Why are we like this? And like now, I don't have any kind of that that kind of sympathy. I don't have it for straight people. What I will say is, <laughs> if you show up on Grinder and you are posing as straight, because I have seen people on Grinder and they're like, "I'm straight." I'm like, "You get the fuck out." What? could just leave no no like Like, these are people who are because i think the argument here is either a they're just so far in the closet they're so dl that they're just going to call themselves straight one or two they might be straight but they are questioning and they would like to explore which i think is unfair to the people who are in the community but if that's the case then you're questioning you're not straight just say you are questioning gays (laughs) also rag on femme gays and Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any kind of sense to me especially considering the fact that a lot of the gay rights we have is based on the activity of femme queer people yes (laughs) what the fuck what the actual fuck it's it's baffling to me they're like no femmes no like people will literally put this on in 2021 i still see it like it, it was way worse in the early 2010s but even now i still see it no fats no femmes no asians and if they're white they'll probably put no blacks too and i'm like have you lost your fucking mind have you lost and they'll say it's just my preference no motherfucker oh. you know what that's called prejudice and racism like yes <laughs> like People don't understand. Like, here's a definition, right? If you say something is your preference, you say if you have a few options, you prefer this one of the options. You don't say, I don't want this. Yeah. When you start to say, I don't want this, you're, you're being racist, especially if that this you don't want is a whole fucking race. And this is what people fail to understand. Yes. Human yes. beings are extremely <laughs> versatile. You can, it's so rude. You can't say you hate all X, Asians, blacks, whatever. Black people is more correct term. But anyway, you can't say you don't like black people because every single person is vastly different. You can't just rope everybody right. into one or when they say stuff like, oh, you are handsome for a black person. Uh, <laughs> like my gripes with fuck? all of these dating, I, I, it drives me up the wall, but I'm out of time now, so I have to go. We just have to leave this episode and come back to it later. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, no, I get, I get, but before I go, I suppose I should say the last thing. We're all in this marginalized community together, right? Just because you are not attracted to someone else in that community does not mean you have to be an asshole to them. Right. Politely decline and move on. And if they pester you, I guess block them. But don't put that epistle on your page saying the people you don't like, unless they're straight people, in which case, by all means, (laughs) be my fucking guest. Do what you have to. But yeah, I think for for the most part is it's baffling to me how people can be so selective yet be part of a really marginalized community like do you not have any sense so weird yeah people assume like oh it's so like it's so accepting because you know they've been marginalized by society like no like the biphobia transphobia racism like we got we got it all we got it all in inside the lgbt community (laughs) the (laughs) lgbt the the white gays on grinder just so that concludes our episode on pride shenanigans pride shenanigans yeah thanks for joining us uh you can find us on twitter instagram and tiktok at big empty purse tweet us message us keep enjoying your pride month are we really talking about existentialism on the next episode i don't know you put it in the document and wrote lmao next to it i did yes what why did i do that i don't know uh 
<laughs> Help. On next week's episode, we'll be discussing... It's actually to be determined. You should show up next week. We'll definitely be here and we'll let you know then. Until next time, peace. <laughs>